welcome to another episode of the New York Comedy Club podcast brought to you by Paperhouse Network. I am your host, Nick Angelo, and today I am joined by Curtis Shaw Flagg, the owner and operator of the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Curtis, thanks for coming in or coming in or being on Zoom here. And um, how are you, man? How are you feeling? How's how's life? It's great. It's great. You know, I am very happy that, you know, we we came out of this weekend, uh, I think, on top. You know, I, I also am just happy to still be alive. And as far as I know, COVID free. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you never you never do quite know. <laughs> never quite know. So uh, like, I've, I, I consider myself to be young and spry. So being asymptomatic, you know, isn't isn't lost on me. Yeah, that well, that, that's good, man. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Uh, just for those who don't know, Curtis opened up the Laugh Factory for the first time in what four or five months this past four, weekend. Yeah, four four and a half months. Yeah, that you just opened up this past weekend. You actually had shows. Now, what is it like in Chicago? What's going on in Illinois? You know, how strict are the the guidelines that you have to stand by? Were you guys indoors? I mean, tell tell us how that all went. How that all went down. Yeah, Chicago, we're in an interesting place. Um, we were flattening the curve for, for a while. People were social distancing, wearing masks, abiding by the guidelines. We have taken an unfortunate turn uh, for the worse. Um, our numbers have spiked over the past couple weeks. Um, so that was an interesting sequence of events for me and opening up Laugh Factory because things were headed in the right direction. I was kind of in the course of putting up all the PPE. Every um, booth is separated by Plexi. The stage is separated by Plexi. We're cabaret style, so we have a pit area surrounded by booths, and then we have a balcony area. Um, I removed approximately 200 seats, so the tables are separated by six feet. The booths are separated by the Plexi, so on and so forth. But last week, <laughs> our numbers spiked, unfortunately. And so the city was originally allowing 50 people indoors, obviously with social distancing, um, six feet from you know each table and chair, masks while you're standing or walking around while you're seated. You are actually allowed to take your mask off. Um, and that was for indoor dining and bars. What ended up happening was once the numbers spiked, they added new restrictions that if you had a bar that did not serve food, you can no longer have 50 people inside of your establishment. You actually couldn't have anyone inside your establishment if you did not serve food. I think New York had something similar because I saw a bar had the Cuomo chips. So we, we, we do have a food license or we have a liquor license that that's ran kind of through our food license as well. So we did the same thing. So we had Lori Lay's. So we, you know, we serve chips and salsa, just, you know, finger food and snacks. Um, the chips all have stickers of Lori Lightfoot, which is our wonderful mayor on it, uh, (laughs) that issued the guidelines. And so we, nothing really changed as far as our, Um, plan of action for opening besides we just made sure that our kitchen was kind of intact and ready to go um luckily for us we also had a building inspection friday before we opened so saturday was our first official day so at the same time we had the building inspector come in um 
And so we did a pre walkthrough of the venue to make sure that, you know, we had everything in place. We established markers of six feet from basically the corner of Belmont and Broadway that were located. So from the corner of Belmont and Broadway, all the way to the front door for anyone that was going to have to line up, we had six foot markers in place, six foot markers all the way through the club to the bathrooms, to the bar, into the showroom, our seats. We have kind of, if you are familiar with like cabaret setting, it's basically a blend between booths, seats and tables. Mm-hmm. And so there are like, let's say I'm sitting in a booth with a group directly behind me. There would be kind of a rail area with like a, a slight table and then seats right there. So it's about three and a half feet. So that's separated by plexi, but also marked off six feet. So like if there's a group of two, it's marked six feet. It basically looks like the whole club looks like a ruler. So if I sit two people here, there's six foot, basically, you know, hash marks to the next space. And so I accommodated for like an extra um, half foot of space because people move chairs, you know, like there's a lot of movement that goes on. So we were kind of set up and ready to go, but you can, you know, plan and, and, and strategize as much as you want, but we know how the comedy environment is, especially in a club setting. What can go wrong, like will go wrong at all times. So you always want to have a contingency plan in place. And my contingency plan was actually, we have a delineation between the first main level and then the second level, which is our balcony area. And so there's a separate exit and entrance for both of those spots. So if I felt that we were starting to cut it close as far as social distancing, I could just take people upstairs into the balcony area. We didn't need to do it, but it's just nice to have it in place, especially as we continue to reopen and we can add additional seating in the second level of the theater. Yeah, I think if anything we've learned from this, uh, having a backup plan or numerous backup plans is the way to go. Yeah, you have to. I um, mean, it's <laughs> I mean, for those who are listening who may not have to, you know, work in a, especially a bar, restaurant, or, you know, entertainment venue, the guidelines are just, they, they're seven pages deep and they're always changing as the, as we learn more about the virus, it's always like, it's six feet. No, now it's be seven feet. And then it's like, you know, you know, it's so, it's so hard to like, try to provide a safe environment for people. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's very commendable on your part that you went above and beyond and having that building inspection on Friday probably was actually a sigh of relief to be like, we're good. Right. You, yeah, hey, no. you said it. We're good. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a sigh of relief after, but going into it, I was like, fuck, you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like the night before we open, we're going to have this guy come in basically, you know, kicking the tires and probably say, Oh, this is, you know, whatever, five and a half feet. You thought you marked it off at six. Like, okay. And then right on the papers, like, Hey, what are you writing? <laughs> but it, it actually went, it went well, you know, we learned a couple things as far as what the protocol is, but you know, it's different city to city, state to state, especially North to South, you know, yeah. you can pretty much get away with anything South of the Mason Dixie line, but we're also learning that that may not be the smartest idea because those are hotbeds. But what is most interesting, and this is something that, you know, you'll be speaking with Brian Morton. He's the general manager of Zanies close personal friend. We both ran the Laugh Factory together for years. He has now transitioned over there and doing an excellent job. Um, is, you know, 
we are letting the customers know, like, this is what to expect from us. So we are going to make sure that everything is marked in six feet. You know, we're going to make sure that our staff are wearing face masks, a visor, a mask and gloves. We're going to make sure that, you know, all drinkware is, you know, washed multiple times. We'll use disposable drinkware. Like we'll make sure that we create a safe environment for you. But there are expectations that we have on the customer. As much as we would love to, you know, could start making money again. I mean, a lot of businesses have suffered tremendously. A lot of businesses have had to unfortunately close. A lot of employees, you know, their unemployment is running out. So they're, you know, definitely ready to get back into the game. And some are willing to compromise health for the money. Some aren't, you know, but at the end of the day, there are expectations that we have on the customer. It's great that you pay for your ticket, but that doesn't give you um, license to put anyone else's health at jeopardy. You getting up and not wearing a mask, you not washing your hands, you not practicing social distancing is now a public health issue. Like you're putting other people's lives in danger. So, you know, I had to kick a guy out, you know, he was a, he didn't want to wear his mask. And it was weird because for the past four months, that's what everyone has been preaching is wearing a mask. Before you walk into venues, before you walk into the laugh factory, there's a sign that says must wear a mask. When you purchase your ticket, it lets you know, must wear a mask. If you come and you don't have a mask for whatever reason, if you made it that far, we have one for you. And for whatever reason, you didn't want to wear it. This is zero tolerance policy. It's kind of similar to heckling now, you know, it's like you, you, you your warning is your, is your exit because at yeah. this point you have, put other people's lives at risk and their health at risk. And that's just like your 30 bucks doesn't mean that much to us that we are willing to sacrifice, you know, the health of other people. So one guy had to, had to have an example made out of him, but I think it does make other people more comfortable when you are exercising that level um, of, 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 of strictness really. Um, I was at a restaurant, my wife and I, in Yellow Springs, Ohio, for Dave Chappelle's outdoor show. And that was like the best comedy bubble I've ever been in in my life. You had to get tested. You got your temperature taken. You know, they gave you a complimentary Chappelle mask. But the entire town of Yellow Springs, Ohio, is this, you know, COVID bubble. There's signs everywhere encouraging people to mask up. Everyone wears masks. Nobody complains. It was a it was a really awesome experience, but we were eating at a restaurant and, you know, there's a, a, a table where, you know, one person recognized the other. And so they walked over to the table and the guy didn't wasn't wearing his mask. He just like went over to say hi. And the the manager was like on the spot. He's like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> like before he even like get to the table to say hi, you know. And he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to wear your mask. And the guy was like, oh, shit, you know, sorry, you know, I forgot. Because we all, you know, it, it's been four months, but it's not ingrained, you know, like wearing a seatbelt or a pair of socks. So he was like, oh, shit, you know, I'm sorry. And, he, you know, put his mask on. But everyone else noticed it and were like, that's awesome. You know, like they're not cutting corners, you know, they're not afraid to just, you know, let someone know, put your damn mask on. Yeah, you know what? And that's once again, I got to commend you on staying on top of it at, you know, the club, because nowadays, you know, someone snaps a picture and puts it on Instagram and it may look like you're bending the rules and you get Corona, Corona shamed. Yeah, you know, and everyone's like, that's the real thing. 
look at this place. They're they're not a body. And then it's like, ooh, boo, boo, boo. So it's like, yeah, you gotta stay on it. And and, it, and like you said, you know, that 30 bucks, it's like at a time when everyone kind of needs the money, it, it's not worth it because then you're not getting anything if everyone thinks you're just letting things go, you know, willy-nilly there. Um, how many seats does it does the place hold it in general? 350. 350, yeah. and you can only put in 50 now, correct? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, just just think about that for a second. That's yeah. three. Wow, man. That's, that's and the funny part. Was, so we opened on Saturday, which is obviously for any establishment, it's usually your busy night, you know? And I just remember March 13th, was it? It was a Saturday. It was like the last Saturday before we had to like shut shit down, you know? We do 350 each show, you know? So it's yeah. like, what's almost like 1200 people <laughs> like in the club you know for that night and i just remember that night and then this saturday our staff literally was like twiddling their thumbs after we sat everybody <laughs> you know it was just like an eerie weird so like i'm bored i'm like yeah this is like i don't know what to do <laughs> yeah like, this is the new reality you know usually it's like chaos and you know you hear glasses and you know like you know, more vodka and need, you know, another patrol, you know, yelling from the bar and like all this. And it was just like the crowd was enjoying the show. You know, you heard the laughter, you heard the comics and all that, but you know, with just 50 people, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a small gathering of sorts, Yeah, but you know, it, this, you know, it's, it's great to be able to get the 50 in because, you know, there's still a segment of people who aren't comfortable going out rightfully. So, um, but you have to build that trust back with your base that you're taking the necessary steps. And if people are interested in coming out in this climate, you know, and enjoying themselves, like creating that environment that makes them feel safe and comfortable enough to relax a little bit, you know, and enjoy themselves is like, that's the ultimate goal. That's like what we were here to do in the first place. And now more than ever, you know, you want to be able to kind of provide that, with so much going on in the world, not even just with the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that the truth? I mean, laughter, I mean, we need it. We all need it. And I know uh, we had just opened the New York comedy club actually just put on some shows this past weekend at uh, two different venues. They were outside here in New York. We have to be outside still. And just the idea of having the comics come off stage and feeling like they performed in an yeah. actual environment and not just on zoom or in a park, where people are riding their 10 speeds through the set. Uh, <laughs> like they actually felt, they actually felt really good. And that's just, I think that's an, a testament to people want to go see comedy right now. So let me ask you, like, if you don't mind me asking, how quickly did you sell those 50 tickets for the show? Because I mean, between the idea that there's almost an exclusivity because it's like, Oh, there's only 50 tickets. Usually there's 350. Yeah. And the fact people were just dying to get out and have a laugh. I mean, how quickly did you guys, fill up those seats funny like we sold out fairly quick but not as fast as i thought we would you know what i mean like especially when you open up on a saturday and we're so accustomed to saturdays just being so packed and busy and you know the tickets go pretty quick anyway um it was a slow build but then like once it hit like 20 i think it went like 20 30 50 you know like pretty yeah. fast and there was like 49 tickets actually bought. So there's like one straggler and I'm like, well, no one's going to sell, you know, no, like no one's just going to like buy one ticket, you know? And that's, you know, it's also hard too, just logistically when you have, it's great to have like multiple groups of six cause we can't exceed six per party. Um, but if you have, you know, 50 
people who are all coming individually, you have to space 50 people yeah. out by six feet. So it's just like a, it's a fun, it's a fun little logistical Tetris game that you play. But we did have just like that one ticket hanging out for the longest. And then like the day of like the ticket got bought. Um, because I would imagine people kept going on trying to buy tickets in pairs yeah. and it wasn't allowing them to buy the two tickets. So they're just assuming that it's sold out. Um, and then that one lucky person was like, eh, I just want to go out. Um, and funny enough, that one person got like the kind of king spot, which is like directly in the center. And it's like a booth that usually fits like 10 people. <laughs> and so they kind of got like the whole space to their stuff, which is actually the cool thing. Like you can, it's a gift and a curse having all the space because you can space people out, which is great, but 50 people looks like two in a theater that fits 350. So there's like kind of an awkward vibe at first, but when spaced properly, it it, it does make it seem a little more packed than what it is. You guys should start doing what Major League Baseball's doing and start selling cardboard cutouts and just filling people up and all the other empty <laughs> seats. I did have an idea of doing so. I, I, I got these Lori Lightfoot um, stickers cut out or whatever, but I did want to have a, co- a cardboard cutout of her and put it like in the bathrooms because basically like the meme is like the Lori Lightfoot, like she's like kind of like standing, like holding her uh, folder and they put it in front of businesses to be like, back when we had to stay inside, she was like everywhere telling people to like stay the F inside. And so now it's like, I put it on the hand sanitizers on the soap, like in the bathroom, just like as a friendly reminder to be safe. She's like the new Smokey the bear. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to like lay out the Lori Lightfoot, like cardboard cutouts and all the places that like people just, just a, just a friendly reminder to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, (laughs) I love it. It's not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. Do you call yourself a music fan? Are you the one making the playlist for all the parties? Then you've got to listen to the Pinch Music Podcast, where we interview musicians, engineers, producers, and music lovers of all types. We even put together playlists for any and all occasions. So if you want to have the Beatles vs. Stones debate, pick up some engineering tips, or just discover a new artist, you've got to check out the Pinch Music Podcast, all a part of the Paperhouse Network. Well, let's let's get into the actual art of the show you know you just you said you just opened up how did the comics feel you know how were i mean i assume they were rusty <laughs> i know a lot of the comics are you know trying to knock off a little bit of the, the the ring rust but i mean how did it feel overall just as the the comedy it was great actually um the first shows were a little awkward at first it was like a slow build you know so the host took the bullets as they tend to do um everyone's got some COVID bits, you know, we got to address the elephant in the room. You know, everybody kind of talked about how they've been handling it and, you know, and, you know, it was hit or miss with some of the COVID bits because people are like either triggered or, you know, have heard it before, whatever the case may be. But the, the earlier shows were a little bit of a slow build. The, the later shows were kind of like great out the gate. Um, I kept the same comics on both shows. So there wasn't a bunch of in and out and people could just like feel comfortable in their space together. Um, you know, everyone had their own mic stand and mic and stool. So like they kind of had their own kit and mic cap. So I just think by the time the second show came, you know, everyone was just like feeling a little bit more loose. They got the kinks out of the first, you know, show and the first time for a lot of them being back on stage. But overall, 
Um, I thought it was great. There was a lot of rust, you know, obviously, but a lot of comics have been doing Zoom shows and stuff. So they've been doing some of this material. They just haven't been able to articulate it physically in kind of an environment where they're standing up for one <laughs> and another is getting that immediate return on investment um, with the laughs coming back at them. So, you know, working through the timing, working through the pacing, working through, you know, a lot of that stuff was really, um, they got it out of the way in the first show. So the, and, and the same thing with the crowds too. I think a lot of people have been coming out for the first time. So everyone's just kind of feeling their space out. Um, but I do think all in all the shows went, you know, as well as they, you know, could go given the climate. Yeah. And that, I'm glad you brought up the crowd because I think that was also true for them. Like the understanding of, Hey, we've all been locked in indoors for five months. Uh, this is going to be rough. And yeah. as the copy, some of the comics I saw uh, yesterday, we had, like I said, we had shows and some of the comics, they, they were just, they were just bumbling through their jokes and they would stop and look at the audience like, you know, I haven't done this in five months. Right. And then the audience started laughing. They're like, yeah, we're with you. We're here for this. Like, this is what we're here for. And it was just like a, it was just like cool to see like, Hey, comedy's back. We're going to struggle through this together. And it was just, it, it just felt, it just felt good, man. It just felt good to see an actual show. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that's happening over at your place in Chicago. Uh, you know, that's just, I, I just hope it continues to like get better and we don't have to, you know, cut those 50 seats back to 30 seats. And just right. I mean, I totally agree. It's funny too. Like, especially that first show, regardless of how like awkward it was, or if like they felt like they bombed or if it just didn't go the way that they thought it went. Um, one comic was trying to record. He's like, I just need to get some, I wanted to get some video of me and just like performing in this kind of COVID landscape. And the first show, he didn't think he did that hot. He's like, ah, it's like, good thing there's another show, you know, to get another crack at it. But like the common denominator was once they got off stage, it was just like, ah, uh, it was just like such a sense of relief and like exhale that like, okay, like I got it out of the way. Like it feels good to be back. Like it's just that feeling, that dopamine of performing, you know, like no matter what the environment is, like everyone gets that, you know, sensation, even in a bomb, people still feel like they can't, you can't wait to go back up again. So yeah. to get that feeling kind of out of the way. And even for me seeing, you know, like these, this is my family, you know, like the, the, the staff and the comics, like, you know, we're all a big, you know, family here in Chicago. So it was just like great to see them, back on stage doing what I know they've been just like fiending, um, being able to do. And one thing that's very interesting, it's like, I, we all know comics, like they would perform in a hailstorm, you know, butt naked with an umbrella, you know, in a lightning storm. And there is definitely a huge segment of comedians that, you know, they are taking, you know, what they feel is the more responsible approach and just saying, hey, I'm going to continue to quarantine. I'm going to see how this shakes out. Um, and, you know, when I feel a little bit more comfortable about kind of coming out and performing, you know, I'll let you know. And I respect that, you know, I respect both ends of the spectrum. Um, but I was a little surprised by the amount of comics that were like, hey, I'm just going to like chill out because, you know, I'm always used to my inbox being obliterated and it still was, but it wasn't to the, it wasn't to the magnitude that, it, you know, it was in back in March. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely as much as there, you know, are comics that are, you know, more than willing to kind of go out 
um, and perform. There's, you know, almost just as many that are just, you know, playing it cool and just like chilling at home still and waiting it out. Yeah, I think this thing definitely kind of shook out the um, uh, the hobbyists. You know the the, oh, yeah. the comics who just do this because you know they're they're the funny guy in school, yeah. you know you're the, you're the funny girl at the office, and it's like, well, I'm gonna be a stand up comic, and then you know, global pandemic hits, and it's like, ah, I don't want this that bad. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I actually, it was actually funny because I yesterday at the, at the show, uh, a comic came off stage who is a, a killer. Uh, I won't name names, but he, he's a killer. And he came off stage and he was glowing, like his grinning from ear to ear. And another comic said, hey, how'd it go? And his response was, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just glad I did it. <laughs> it's just like, like, they don't even care. Like, how'd you do? Like, oh, I have no idea how I did. Yeah, I'm just so happy I did it. <laughs> like how'd I get up? Like it went. <laughs> like it was done. I, I got it done. <laughs> like, yeah, it went. Uh, let me switch gears a little bit, though. Um, you, you're out in Chicago. Let me ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, wh- what are some of the co- who are some of the comics out in Chicago that I need to keep an eye on? Oh man, there is so many, but I will say Corey Boyd Bell is probably just like the the like the it the it girl right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we have you know comedian T Murph who's actually going to be co-starring in the upcoming Hulu series Woke um, with Lamorne um, and Blake from um, Workaholics. He's doing, you know, he's doing incredible. Felonious Monk, who actually was um, on ABC's For Life. He's just been like tearing the scene up right now. Dave Helm, Chicago guy, who actually is now in LA. He just filmed uh, for Tribeca. They did the first like drive-in comedy show that's like been going on it was like super incredible um sarah perry who is you know a close personal friend of mine and just like really killing the scene right now um it's kind of funny because you know after four months of just like no action (laughs) you know going on in the city um it's interesting to kind of see how that hierarchy shakes out of you know like who was you know kind of getting booked a ton and um chelsea hood who you know formerly from you know lived in new york and now she is in chicago you know she's she's incredible and you know was doing some some really big things before it all shut down and you know we just all hope that once things open up everybody can kind of pick up where they left off in a sense for sure um, you know and, and and keep it going but you know chicago is a is a hub for you know comedy and has been for for a very long time but i feel like we were just like churning them out now at such a rapid pace and shooting them to a coast that i always wonder if new york people are like oh god another chicago comic coming to new york right now well do you think like let's say pre-covid do you yeah. think Chicago became a place? Because I, a lot of those names that you mentioned, I, you know, I've he- at least heard of. I've, I've met a couple of them. Do you think Chicago has grown into a spot where you don't necessarily have to go to L.A. or New York? You can just kind of make it in Chicago. And there's a lot of small market towns. Like if you're, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. I know a lot of comics from Pittsburgh, but they had to move to New York or L.A. to get to where they are. Chicago almost feels like it's, it's, you know, it can kind of just, you can just stay in Chicago and 
still kind of make it. You 100% can. I can name just a litany like Chris Red, Josh Johnson, Drew Michael, Lisa Traeger, Megan Gate, like a lot of comics who, you know, got their start in Chicago, Clark Jones, Will Miles, Kenny DeForce, you know, that all have like, you know, done late night, been on TV or on SNL and like all these things. And they all started in Chicago and they were sustaining in Chicago. And, you know, they had very great careers in Chicago. But every now and again, you know, there you get the call, like you can't shoot Saturday Night Live from Chicago, unfortunately. So you got to go, you know, you got to move, you know, comedy central enough. You get, if you have a show, if you know, you have a Hulu show, so you can definitely stay centrally located in Chicago and have a great sustainable career. Um, and then, you know, when it, the time comes, you know, you got to fly out to LA to shoot something or fly out to New York to shoot something, but there's still a lot of industry that's happening in Chicago and that's, that's been, you know, going to be happening in Chicago to where, you know, you can sustain, but, you know, similar to living in New York and, you know, you got to shoot something out in LA, you got to go to LA to do it. You know, now everything seems to be on zoom. Like SNL is practically on zoom for the last three shows. So maybe we get to a point to where you're able to do some of these things from the comfort of your own home and you don't have to travel as much. Um, I think a lot of, you know, uh, production companies are learning that, you know, they can reduce a lot of the overhead costs just by doing things remotely. Um, we'll see how that works, but all in all, you will have to be on set for, you know, certain things. And, um, so traveling is, is going to be a necessary, you know, kind of evil, but you can definitely stay, you know, grounded in home base in Chicago. Hannibal still lives here, you know, and, you know, he goes to L.A. when he needs, he goes to New York when he leaves, but he, you know, pretty much is rooted in Chicago. Yeah, you can, so you can get looked at in Chicago. Like, it's not like if you're living in some small town in Kansas, you know, it's like you're not, agents aren't knocking down your door. But in Chicago, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get some interest and you can get eyes on you in Chicago. And I think that's uh, important because a lot of people think it's L.A. or New York. And then all yeah. of a sudden, uh, Austin has a good comedy scene. Yeah, like, Austin, well, yeah. yeah, they they do, but like it's it it, it exists, it, it exists out there, and I think Chicago gets slept on a little bit when it comes to the comedy scenes. And uh, like you just you just named a whole all star list of comics that all came out of the Windy City, and I think it's uh, important to keep Chicago, uh, you know, in the in the in the conversation of you know where the comics are coming oh, from. Oh yeah, like I just named I just made named Hannibal. You know, Hannibal just dropped a special, and you know he's he's one of like the top you know ten working comics that are that are around right now. And, you know, Dion Cole and Laurel, you know, and the, the, the list like goes on and on. And I think just what happens is everyone kind of switches around and moves. But like comics that are, you know, like currently in L.A. or currently in New York, currently in these places, like they're not from there. Like mm-hmm. that's where they choose to kind of like base themselves. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, the come the, the comeuppance of it, you know, Chicago is second to none. And I love New York for, for stand-up comedy. I love L.A. for stand-up comedy. Austin and Denver are both doing their things. You got Atlanta. You have these metropolitan areas that, you know, that's just where you need to be because that's where the, the highest concentration of opportunities are. Um, but Chicago, you know, there's something special about this city and the amount of opportunities that you get, the amount of stage time you get. Like, I always have comics that move. And most of the names that I just mentioned have all said this to me at one point in time when they've moved to New York or LA and they're like, damn, I took 
for granted the amount of stage time I got, you know, in Chicago. Laugh Factory Chicago, we're a showcase club. We fit 350 people. We don't really do headliner shows like that. So on, a, on any given night, you know, you're doing a set for 350 people, you know, seven nights a week, you know what I'm saying? And you go to some other places and you just don't, you don't, it, you don't get that exact same thing or, you know, you, you move and ultimately you go to the bottom of the totem pole. It's just like how it is, you know, yeah. like you work your way back up. And so they're like, damn, like, I wish I would have really kind of like taken more advantage of the, you know, type of stage time that I got. You could do five shows in a night easy in Chicago. And that's, you know, you're talking seven nights a week. You could overwork yourself very easily because the, the stage time's there. You can do bar shows. You could do, you know, mid-level clubs. You can do, you know, bigger clubs like Laugh Factory. You know, you can go out to Schomburg, you know, do the improv or something, you know. So you can constantly be moving, you know, in the city and doing, you know, and then open mics on top of all of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the saturation for opportunities is so large. I think that's why with COVID, it just like hit so hard, you know, here for everybody. Cause it was just like, you know, the snap of your fingers, it was all gone. There was kind of, there was, you know, there's no, no more, you know, opportunities again. So zoom comes around and that's been really great. Just seeing the creators and the creatives, pivot you know the way that they deliver content you know and it became more of a digital thing and now you can do that wherever you know like you can broadcast from you know right here you know we're talking from chicago to new york and you know creating content so it's been it's been really dope to see the people who really are about this life you know so to speak um being able to create when they're not able to do it in a physical sense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you pretty much hit the nail on the head that, you know, when things, when you know, life gives you lemons, you know, what are you going to do with it? You got yeah. to pivot and make some lemonade. And uh, I, I think that's, you know, just the overall learning that nothing is for, sh- nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is for sure. You know, you got to keep working and be willing to, you know, as Bruce Lee said, be water, you know, just whatever, whatever you got to take the form as you got to take the form as, and then you, you know, you go from there. So that, I mean, it's good to hear that you guys are doing well out there, man, and that you guys just opened up and getting some sort of normalcy back in life. And, you know, the Chicago comedy scene is, it's one of the best, one of the best out there. And I'm glad to see that the comics out there are finally going to get some actual stage time. And that's just, it's just good to hear in the comedy world, man. It's just good to know that, we're kind of getting back into it and it's just, uh, you know, it, mo- it motivates me and gets me excited to ex- help put shows together at the New York comedy club. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you stopped in man, or I keep saying stopped in we're on zoom. I'm glad you, I'm glad you logged on. I stopped into my bedroom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, there, you guys have all been great. You know, Emilio is obviously a really great friend of mine and my comedy mentor. And I just have like always been just like extremely, proud and just like motivated by you know all the success that you have all had there and continuing to grow and provide these opportunities even you know can't do it indoors do it outdoor that's awesome and yeah I just really that's like the great part about you know this comedy community nowhere no matter what city you're in you know like that bond you know reaches so far and you know we're gonna you know we're we're sticking together we're gonna get through this together and then when the time comes like you know, comedy and live entertainment is really going to be that type of like therapeutic, like necessity that people are going to need. Like people come to comedy shows to really release from like the bullshit of their day 
and the bullshit that's kind of going on in their lives. And, you know, this is like a fever pitch of bullshit. Like this is just like the most, you know, compounding shit that's going on right now. And, you know, they're going to look to us, you know, as, you know, these, you know, comedy curators to really like help them get through this and to get back to some sense of normalcy. So I'm really excited to be able to, you know, do that and provide, you know, relief in whatever way um, we can. And I, and I, I know you share the same sentiment and, you know, everyone over, you know, at New York comedy club and I'm just, you know, excited to, to do whatever we can to help, you know, our, our society get back to a place of positivity. Absolutely, man. Laughter's the best medicine. Uh, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Where, where do we get tickets? Laughfactory.com? Laughfactory.com. Select the Chicago Club. Definitely follow our Instagram, uh, laughfactoryshy. Um, on Instagram, we're always kind of posting videos and, you know, stay up to date on what we got going on. There's going to be a couple big announcements um, coming through those channels. So definitely stay tuned for that. As we continue to do shows on the weekend, we'll start to expand. We'll definitely let everyone know once we, you know, put more dates on the calendar, you know, open up more weekday, you know, shows, the open mic will come back soon. People just hold on. We'll get there. Like, that's like the biggest question I've been getting is like, yo, with the mic coming back, I'm like, we got to make some money first. Like we got, we've been bleeding this shit out. For <laughs> so, like, let's get back to it. You know, let's get back to, you know, some, some, we will get a flow going and then, yeah, eventually we'll bring the open mic back. But you know, right now it's just been great to be able to, you know, put comics on stage and let them do what they do. But definitely follow us on our social media, Laugh Factory Shine on Instagram, laughfactory.com for the tickets Friday through Sunday right now, at least through September. And then we'll see. Hopefully everybody continues to social distance, wear your fucking masks, and then we can open this back up. We got to stick together on this. Absolutely. There you, there you have it. Laughfactory.com, Chicago. Get your tickets now. There's only 50 of them. They're going to yeah. go quick. Get your They're tickets probably already now. Gone. <laughs> yeah you might have to be on a, you might have to be on a list for the september shows get your tickets yeah, now right. laughfactory.com uh make sure you're checking them out on social media curtis thanks so much i really enjoyed talking with you uh stay safe anyone from all over the world listening to this stay safe not just chicago new york wear your mask we're gonna get through this together curtis thanks a lot man thanks nick take care brother take care thanks for listening to the new york comedy club podcast Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment. And for tickets to the club, check out NewYorkComedyClub.com.